Welcome to the podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta, where we are committed to changing lives with faith, hope, and love. We're so glad you are here. Now a second scripture lesson from the Gospel of John. John chapter 20, verses 1 to 18. Again, I invite you to listen for the word of the Lord. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So uh, she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed, for as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent down over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary... She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Sometimes people ask me about my Easter sermon. In the last week or so, some have, some have asked, Joe, this is a big Sunday coming up for you. Uh, what are you going to preach about? Well, I've been thinking about a sermon on the resurrection, I'll often say. In a lot of ways, it is very easy to preach on Easter Sunday. It is all right here. Today is the day. There's not much left for the preacher to explain or to illustrate. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Thanks be to God. What more needs be said? But this is what I want to emphasize today. 
that what happened on Easter Sunday so long ago when Mary went looking for a corpse to bury and instead encountered the Lord risen from the dead, that changes everything. And it doesn't just change the way we look at death no longer with fear but hope for our own life eternal, but it must change the way we look at the everyday from the moment we rise up in the morning to when we put down our head on our pillow at night. From the moment we sit down at our desk already bored or walk through the front door not at all enthusiastic about driving to another baseball practice. The resurrection must change our perspective on all good plans that fall apart and all the crashing blows that have us reeling because the truth of the resurrection colors how we understand the world around us. And changes the way we understand what happens to us from our greatest successes to our deepest disappointments. Faith changes things. Faith in the resurrection changes things. Now if you ask me to define a word like faith, I'd say something like what I just said. That faith is a way of looking at the world and understanding our lives so that we never fall victim to despair and avoid getting lost in temptation or heartache. Faith is a lot like many of the words that we, we Christians use, but then when we are asked to define them, we struggle to do so simply. So I often look words up in a short dictionary written by one of my favorite preachers of all time, Frederick Beekner. When he defines the word faith, he quotes the book of Hebrews. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Then referring to Sarah, who God told would have a child in her old age, Beekner says that faith is laughter at the promise of a child. And faith dies as it lives, laughing. Faith is not a noun, but a verb, more a process than a possession. Faith is not being sure where you're going, but going anyway. Faith is like friendship, which, should you put it to the test, you'd ruin it. Ask someone to prove that she's really your friend and watch how it, it hurts her. Likewise, faith can't be proven, but that hardly means it isn't true. A life of faith is one lived expecting something good to happen because you know good things have happened before and it enables us not just to look in one empty tomb but every empty tomb with hope of people who are willing to be surprised by God despite a mountain of disappointment. What I'm trying to say, say here is uh, something simple, uh, something simple, but of, of course it's simple. Simply put, faith is just a way of looking at the world and filling in what you don't know. And so while we Christians often strictly define faith in positive terms, it also takes faith to look out on the unformed future with pessimism 
Because no one knows that they'll be disappointed, but people often walk around expecting that they will be. You see, people who are always pessimistic don't know it all. They don't expect surprises, those surprises come. Have you ever met someone who said, I'm not a pessimist, I'm just realistic? Well, that's not entirely true, for it's not realistic to never expect anything good to ever happen. Good things happen all the time. For example, Mary was being pessimistic and realistic when she looked into the tomb, but it was empty. The prophet Ezekiel went to a valley of dry bones and, and they all came back to life. The Hebrew people were saved from slavery in Egypt. David slayed a giant with a rock and a sling and the pessimist, and the pessimist would have bet against him in that fight and would have lost it all because the giant fell. Christian faith calls us to take surprises into account. And real life often surprises us just as often as do the old Bible stories. Just, just think about it. You can imagine how many people told Orville and Wilbur Wright that their plane would never get off the ground. Likewise, I once told my daughter that she could keep an old dryer I put on the side of the road if she pushed it up a hill. I told her that with a pessimistic faith, a pessimistic faith that she'd never be able to do it, and yet she did. I was even more surprised by her than I was at a ball I once attended in Columbia, Tennessee, wearing just most of a tuxedo, no one even made fun of me for my lack of cummerbund. So I tell you, I tell you that only a fool is always pessimistic. A fool goes through life imagining that everything is going to turn out bad. A fool confuses pessimism with realism. Murphy's Law discounts the power of God and lacking imagination is a sorry way to go through life. For miracles spring up all around us and I don't want you to miss any of them. Consider faith then. The kind of faith which the resurrection inspires, which is nothing more than taking what you know God has done already and daring to believe that God might do it again. Faith is seeing a church wounded by division and decline and imagining that it might be named the best place to worship in Cobb County for three years in a row. Faith is planting seeds in the ground and expecting them to grow. Faith is sending kids to school and trusting that they will learn. Faith is driving your car into a roundabout and daring to believe that you might come out alive on the other side. Faith is taking the truth of the empty tomb and allowing it to color your vision of every relationship that feels like it has hit a dead end. For how many times have people changed? How many times has reconciliation surprised us? How many times have you said, I bet she'll never call, and then the phone rang? 
How many days have you been sure that nothing would ever change, and yet it did? How many mornings have felt like Groundhog Day, and yet a new day dawned? I tell you, it's happened plenty of times. It's happened far too often for you or me to have the outlook of a pessimist. Easter Sunday calls on us to take the truth of the resurrection and allow it to change the way we see the world around us. It is a day for celebrating every seed that bloomed into flower, though it seemed to be nothing more than a seed. Every child sent off to college who came back home educated and purpose-filled. Today is the day for giving thanks to God that even in this season of pandemic, even this season of pandemic is ending, and now we have the chance to do things differently than we did them before because it did not end us or close the book on our story. My friends, on this Easter Sunday, I call on you to recognize that we can rewrite our history today and we can rewrite it with greater kindness, with greater unity, with more respect and more common decency. Having seen poverty and felt disease this last year, we may now believe that something might be done to ensure a brighter future for all of God's children. Having heard so many people shout out for justice, we might listen and, and imagine a better world rather than get stuck in the cycle of the way things are. On this resurrection day, dare to believe that new life is jumping up from the ground and leaping out of every tomb, for there is no, no power in death other than the power that we give it. Christ has conquered it, and it is not the end. Today is the beginning, for he has risen, he has risen indeed. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. Amen. This podcast is a ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta. Come join us Sundays at 189 Church Street, Marietta, Georgia, or visit us online at fpcmarietta.org.